Welcome to the What in the World is God Doing podcast, conversations with Highland Park Missions Partners in Casper, Wyoming, and around the world. In the midst of global crises and a daily onslaught of discouraging news, this podcast will encourage you about the good work God is doing around the world and inspire you to join in God's mission in our everyday lives. Highland Park Community Church exists to take risks to pursue God and love like Jesus. And our mission partners are courageously living that out at home and abroad. I'm Darren Edwell-Palker, the Go Pastor at Highland Park. And joining me today is Jessica Baxter. Jessica would describe herself in two words. She's a helper and an adventurer. These two drivers have led her to Haiti and India on missions trips, to Colorado as a teacher, and all over the U.S. as a trainer and facilitator. And most recently, in her newest adventure, joining True Care Women's Resource Center as the incoming president and CEO. With 13 years of experience in the nonprofit sector at the Boys and Girls Club of Central Wyoming, Jessica is excited that her call to help others has led her to the powerful ministry of True Care. Her visionary mindset and leadership experience are a perfect fit for this ministry. However, her favorite adventure is raising three beautiful children and many foster children along her husband, Scott, as they camp, hike, dance, sing, and play in the beauty of Wyoming. So Jessica, so excited to have you here today in the studio at Highland Park. Yeah, what an honor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for this conversation. You know, I wanted to kind of capture what's happening in this moment of transition at True Care. It's a really significant moment in the life of the ministry and with you stepping into this new role. So tell us about what's going on there. Yeah, so our amazing CEO, Terry, that's been there for 24 years and really brought True Care to be the powerful, well-rounded, holistic ministry that it is for women, um, she has decided to retire and she's going to think go do the grandma thing and just maybe have some free time in her life for, for a change. Well-earned. Um, well-earned, very well-earned. And so I will be, right now we're transitioning. I came into the position beginning of January, um, a whole seven weeks on the job, so not not quite feeling like I'm, I'm, you know, the expert yet. That's for sure. Sure, but, but just, you're getting your feet new. into yeah, it. Yeah, I am, I am, I am. And uh, so she'll be kind of transitioning out, and I'll be transitioning in over the next six months. Yeah. It's just a beautiful thing. She has agreed to stay on and just really help me to understand the ministry, to set us all up in the ministry for success, to be able to continue to serve women and babies and families here in in Casper for decades to come. Yeah. And just true to Terry's form, her intentionality. I mean, I remember a few years ago mentioning that she was on this transition process. I'm like, who does yeah, that? Like yeah. people give two weeks, you know, right. and she's or like, a month, yeah, yeah, she's giving like years. And, and again, shows her heart for, for the community, for the ministry, for God and others to be so intentional about setting that in process. And then a six month period of overlap and training. That's, that's just awesome. Yeah, I'm, you really can tell her heart for the the ministry and the success of everything that happens with True Care for our community, mm -hmm. for the women that we serve, for our staff, for those stakeholders, all those stakeholders we have, that she's willing to invest those six months in me, in the organization, when, yeah, she could have just easily said, yeah, I'll give you a Peace month out. and I'm, I'm gone, right. good luck, have fun. But no, she, she really desires for it to be a success. So I am the 
you know, blessed beneficiary yeah. of that time with yeah. her being able to, to learn all that I need to know to be able to just continue to lead into the future. Sure. So talking about the future, I mean, this is a moment of transition and, and those are opportunities to re- evaluate, reevaluate, vision, revision. So tell us, kind of give us the overview of where you see True Care is right now and where it's heading. Well, you know, anyone who knows what any anything about True Care knows that there's just this immense um, web of support that they provide for women who are experiencing an unexpected pregnancy, and um, that will we want that to continue to be our primary focus. You know, our mission is to erase the perceived need for abortion by focusing on these at-risk women and and empowering them to make a choice for life. Mm. And then, you know, setting them up for success in that and turning their fears into confidence. That's that's really what we're there for. So that will always remain that underpinning, that foundation of who we are as an organization. But there are a few things right now, and actually this is these are things that have been kind of flowing since even before I came on board, one of which is that uh, we have a, a nurse practitioner and a, she's a, oh, why could I not think of it? Um, she's a... Well, she's another nurse, a midwife, excuse me, a nurse midwife. And they are actually going to be have a clinic right there on site. It won't be part of the true care ministry itself. Yeah. It's a separate entity, but they'll be right there. They're both women who have worked with true care for years. So we know their heart for their, their, their pro-life heart. We know their heart for women. And so th- they will be in right there on site for us if, if women need that care or that um recommendation. We also, of course, we refer all over the city to all of our OBGYNs, those partners that we have. But to have that clinic right there on site is will be a big deal for yeah. us to, to be able to provide and for them to be able to provide the, for these It's a huge who, resource to have Exactly, that right there. So right. that's coming. I think uh, Amber, our, our midwife, nurse midwife, moved in just this last week, I believe. So that's coming, and that's going to be developing there on site. And then also, in addition to that, we're looking at possibly adding the, a mental health um, aspect to our center. So whether that means, and we're, it's all, we're kind of fleshing it all out, but we know that along with unexpected pregnancies, along with the women who have experienced abortion or miscarriage or any of those things, there just comes a lot of emotional needs that they have, mental health needs that they have. So we're looking to either partner with a mental health counselor or possibly have one right there on site so that when these women come to us, it's just another very close, very quick resource for us to be able to provide for women who who need it um, and may not be able to seek it elsewhere. So a couple of really great things coming up as we lead into the future. And like I said, these are things that have been going on for a little while. We are going to be doing, of course, some strategic planning and things as this next year comes around. Our board of directors is absolutely amazing, just a strong foundation for everything that's happening. And so they, of course, will, we will be working with them and our staff to really set that pace for where we're going to go. But right now, I'm just... Soaking it all in. I'm sure you are. I'm sure it's the proverbial fire hose. Yes, actually, absolutely. But yes. you know what you were talking about? I love just the holistic wraparound nature of what you provide as a resource center, um, talking about mental health and, of course, the physical aspect, but the emotional, the spiritual, yes. relational. I mean, I get so excited to see ministries like that be so holistic because I just see that being the heart of Jesus. You know, he yes. he ministered, he fed people, he healed people, he preached, right? But it was like the whole person was was the goal. 
the healing for the whole person. Yeah. How many times in scripture we see Jesus come to someone and say, be healed. Here, here I am, believe. And he, he, Jesus looks at the entire person, body, mind, and soul. So do I need to heal your body? Do I need to, do I need to heal your mind? And of course I am the healing for your soul. And that, that's the example that we have. And that's exactly what we want to be doing at True Care every day. And, and, and that's, I think that's just what the church has to offer and faith has to offer in particular uh, for people in our community, because we see, and, and there needs to be, right, these solutions from top down, you know, from a governmental or a structural level that are dealing with issues like economics or uh, employment or, um, you know, transportation, whatever those needs are, but it's almost as if those are segmented out, right? And there's not a connecting piece that's connecting the whole person through it. And I think that's something that's uniquely an aspect of the Christian faith, that there is that holistic, whole person approach. Yeah, and one of the things that that just, it gets me really excited, and when I tell people about it is, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about pregnancy resource centers, and one of them is just that women come, we tell them that they're pregnant, we say, hey, we'll pray for you and mm. send them on their way. Yeah. And and that is absolutely, you know, the bare minimum of what a pregnancy resource center would do. But what we do as a women's resource center is, hey, let's bring you in. Let's find your needs. Let's make sure that, that you are pregnant. We're going to show you an ultrasound so that you can see that beautiful creation. And then we're going to connect you with our resource coordinator so that she can find you ability to get health care, sign you up to um, Medicaid or find you food banks in town or is it child care you need? Is it training? Is it education? Is it literally dozens and dozens and dozens of resources? She works directly with each one of those women to find the resource that fits for them, connects them to yeah. the people. Not only that, but then we also have our program director who, who has all kinds of parenting classes available. So it's not just about, do you need something physical? Well, now we're going to equip you and empower you to be the parent you want to be through these programs, our Baby and Me program, our Fatherhood in 15. And each of those women or couples are are connected to a singular advocate who follows them Mm. through that process. And so there's this long-term holistic plan Mm -hmm. to, to help women so that they can choose life for their children to really say to them, you empower them, you can do this and we're going to help you find Mm -hmm. the way that you can do this. And we're going to, if it's diapers you need, if it's formula you need, if it's parenting classes you need, if it's medical care you need, we can connect you and help you with all of those things. And that all comes right back to that one place there at True Care. That's cool. You know, the, the, in scripture, uh, the, the word for the Holy Spirit, he's um, in Greek is uh, the paraclete. So um, to, to come alongside, it's literally the one who comes along or to walk with. And as you were talking, it just struck me that what you're doing is you are um, enfleshing the, the one who comes alongside, right? And, and the way that we view poverty is will determine our approach, right? So if, if poverty is stems from a lack of material resources, a lack of things, then the answer is to give things and material resources. If poverty is fundamentally the result of broken relationships, relationship with God, with self, with others, with creation in the world around us, then the solution is relationship, right? To walk with. And that's just 
what I'm hearing you talk about is this coming alongside and and then figuring out, okay, this is what this individual needs as a resource or an extra support or help. So again, I love that holistic approach that you guys take. I've never heard anyone explain I've never heard that Greek word. I'm, you're going to have to give that to me later. Um, <laughs> paraclete. <laughs> paraclete. Okay. Not parakeet. I did. <laughs> that's what it was in my mind. Yeah, surely paraclete. that's not really the word. But uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but that coming alongside that it really is. Wow. That's a. I mean, that's a beautiful way to describe exactly yeah. what what true care does. The women and and uh, and our, all the, all the people who are stakeholders mm-hmm. there. What they and empower us to do for women every day. Yeah, come and that's, alongside. And that's what the New Testament calls the church to be to literally walk alongside with others right on their journey. But it's as if God is in the flesh with that person doing it. Yeah. And so we get to be that. So I'm already hearing this a little bit, but um, Jessica, tell us what you're passionate about, what drives you? Well, you kind of said it in my intro there. I, I just have always seen myself or, or came, I guess, to realize um, as adult looking back that, that you really could just describe me as a helper in everything that I do in my life. I just want to help. And so I see, I've seen that. I look back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, looking at myself as a 9, 10, 11-year-old, and I was helping my mom lead Sunday school with the younger kids. And then I helped to, to with VBS. And I have been involved with a camp for children with disabilities for as long as I can remember. Quite literally, my mom took me on her hip at six months old to the <laughs> camp. And wow. so that ability to help, I, I wanted... I wanted to, a career where I could help, and I, I loved music, and it's something that I was gifted with, and so I thought, oh, I'll be a music teacher, and I can help and love on these kids and really be the hands and feet of Christ to children um, through teaching. And uh, then about, you know, I did that for about seven, eight years, and, and God really kind of pointed me out of that and said, no, there, there's more for you beyond this, something different, and that's when I... Boys and Girls Club, and I always joke and say, that's when they found me. Whether they liked it or not, they found me. And so for 13 years, being able to help children, families, and just our community at large through the Boys and Girls Club, and then when this opportunity came to help women and cho- and families to choose mm. life, mm. really was, um, I've been a pro-life advocate my whole life. I look back and remember my senior year, my persuasive speech had to be on something we were passionate about. And mine was wow. on the sanctity of life. And so I, I look back through all those years, and, and it's really just this desire to be the hands and feet of Christ. How can I help you, mind, body, and soul? Mm. What is it that, that I can, you know, God has empowered me to be able to give to you, or what is it that I can help you with in whatever way? And so I'm just passionate about people, you know, and, and that, that that's God's focus too, isn't it? I mean, God created everything, but he specially mm-hmm. created man and woman as to, to, to commune with him. Right. And so God, God's just put that, that deep um, desire and passion in my heart to help and, and, and lift up people, his people um, all over the world in yeah. whatever way I can. So that's really, if you could like bottle up my mm-hmm. passion, it's mm-hmm. that hands and feet of Christ and, yeah. and just being, being that for people. Yeah. And an advocate for life. And you talked about sanctity of life. And as we were talking the other day, um, you know, walk us through kind of your vision for that. Cause I think often when we hear that phrase, we think of uh, abortion and the pro-life movement, right. And people that are talking sanctity of life are talking about life in the womb, which certainly is where it begins, um, biologically and, and, um, from our perspective, 
spiritually as well. So help us see, can you give us a, a, a what your vision of what it means when you say sanctity of life? So it's always kind of been that my little soapbox, my little, um, my, my pet peeve when, when we talk about the sanctity of life and our only focus is the unborn. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. We know, we know from conception that that was a child that God intended, right? And that God doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely value that child, that preborn child um, at all stages. But for me, there's an entire life beyond that that we are also called to love and to cherish. And that means, you know, my husband and I are foster parents. That means loving on families and kids as they're going through this difficult time, um, being involved in the system and assisting those families to, in whatever way they need, but then also just being there for those children. Um, that has manifested it for myself and in my teaching career and my work with the Boys and Girls Club. Just seeing, you know, preborn infants, toddlers, children, all the way up through my work with teens. And every age and stage of life is precious. They, they, they have, you know, I always say every stage my kids go through is my favorite. <laughs> like, oh, the, oh, she's five. That's my favorite. Right. And then now that my daughter is turning 10, she's turning 11 tomorrow. Oh, that's my favorite. You know, she, we've got these inside jokes and that's been my favorite. And, <laughs> and just the value of yeah. every stage of life, but also every place where people find themselves. Um, you know, I the there's there were there was a day when individuals with disabilities were were put in a special home because we didn't see them as being part of society. Right. And, and that has in a lot changed. of countries, that that is the case. In as many I travel in missions, you see that um, be, there's a lot of shame attached to that in 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 traditional cultures, and there's just the lack of resource and knowledge of how to help. Yeah, but we as Christians know. That that's a life that God created, yeah. and He sees the beauty in, in that image. life. You know, and and my mom has has worked for years with individuals with dementia and and the senior population, dementia and Alzheimer's, and and all of that, and and just the value that they have and bring to this world, and and that we treasure and cherish that stage as well. So every age, every stage, every place that people find themselves, Jesus would go to them, mm-hmm. and and He cherished them. He, he died for, for all. He, yeah. he wanted to save, you know, seek and save the lost all. And, and so we as Christians are called not just to see the sanctity of the unborn, but to see the sanctity of the born, to see the sanctity of those who might differ from us, to see the sanctity of those in other countries or other belief systems yeah. than us. All of them are, yeah. are, you know, children created by God, yeah. knit together, you yeah. know. We're for life, right? In all of its dimensions. beginning. And there's a guy, uh, Cardinal Joseph Bernadine. He was an archbishop in Chicago in 1982, and he was the head of the Catholic pro-life movement at that time. And this is just even a few years after Roe v. Wade, and so they were advocating. But his series of sermons that he wrote was called A Consistent Ethic of Life. And his primary argument is, what you just said, that if we're going to talk about life, if we're going to talk about pro-life, it has to extend, in his words, from womb to tomb. And it has to include issues that relate to the mother, and we need to help the young mother and surround her and create um, a, a climate in which she can thrive and the child can thrive and communities can thrive, right? And so to me, that vision is so expansive. It's so... 
um, inspiring to think about, yeah, Jesus is about life, right? He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's the, the mission, I think, that we're all in together as followers of Jesus. You guys happen to be on the very front end of the process, right? And yet we all have a role on that journey. And I think it's just cool to have us all think about where do we fit into that spectrum? Some people are on the end of life care aspect. Some people who are teachers are in that, you know, childhood development phase. And what does it mean for a child to thrive? Others, like my wife, are super passionate about marriage and family and parenting and kids. And right. And so we all sort of fit into uh, where God places us. But I think if you can see it this way, maybe all of our combined efforts and energies are for promoting and elevating the sanctity of life in every stage and in every place. Yeah, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Um, and, and so that's where we all come in for each other, right, is to help each other have that abundant life. And I don't mean physically necessarily. I just mean that abundant life of fellowship and love and support, um, all of those things that we know are foundational that we all need. We're here to, to offer that to each other. Right. Yeah. So Jessica, abortion's been in the news lately. There's a lot happening. Um, states are passing laws. There's stuff before the Supreme Court right now. So it, it kind of can get um, mog buyer mired or bogged, <laughs> bogged or mired, mired or bogged, bogged or mired, um, into some of the details. So can you just give us an overview of what's happening in this current moment that we're in? It's February 2022. Like what's going on and where do you think things are headed? So I, again, seven weeks on the job, also not a lawyer or have any law <laughs> experience whatsoever. So I am not giving any kind of testimonial to that. But just from what I know in my research, there really are two cases right now that have come up before the Supreme Court that are going to change the face of the pro-life, pro-choice movements. Um, The first of which is the Dobbs versus Jackson case. And what that is, is there's a a Mississippi has a law stating that um, you cannot have an abortion after a certain number of gestational weeks. And off the top of my head, I can't remember. I want to say it's 20, but please don't quote me. It's okay. somewhere around there. Florida, I heard today, had a 15. So I And w- that tech, the text, maybe it is 15. Maybe you are right. Um, yeah, I just found it is, it is 15. Yes. And um, there's also, and, and so that has been fought all the way up to the Supreme Court, stating that it is in contradiction to the Roe v. Wade um, decision, of course, that everyone's familiar with from the 1970s. And so that case is being heard the results of that case could change the landscape of what legislation is allowed or not allowed to be in each state. Well, I suppose lawmakers can make whatever they want, but the challenges to those laws then would become easier or harder depending on this Supreme Court decision. So it would be a state-by-state basis as opposed to a federal umbrella. Well, that's Roe v. Wade. So Roe v. Wade, um, everyone's familiar with from the 1970s, stated that um, abortion is legal in the United States. Now, each state has started to implement different types of legislation stating what that, kind of defining that. So it's legal in, in certain states at any phase, 
in the in the pregnancy, which just absolutely horrifies and terrifies me. Yeah. Um, and especially and some, with the ability that we have now to support and sustain life absolutely. at such an early yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, so one of the things just in in studying some of this is that there were a couple of of um, arguments, if you will, in the Roe v. Wade case originally. And one of them just, of course, causes the hair on the back of my neck just to stand up. And it was that women could not be contributing successful members of society with an unexpected pregnancy. Mm. And what that says to me is you can't do it. And that was part of this the, that, just, that, that was, was originally part, part of Roe v. Wade. Okay. That was one of the arguments. Yeah. A woman can just, she can't do it. She can't possibly get a degree and have an unpre- unexpected pregnancy. She can't possibly go and be a career woman or reach her dreams or do any of the things she wants to if she's pregnant. And now we've advanced enough in 50 years to say women are powerful. Sure. Women are resilient. Right. Yes, you absolutely can do this. That 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 kind of logic doesn't stand in in I don't think in any anyone's it's mind. It's disempowering. It absolutely is to say, "Oh, we're so sorry, you can't do anything right. because this has happened." Um any any woman I feel should just simply cringe at that thought mm-hmm. that someone telling us that we can't mm. do something. And maybe that's just me, because if you ask my mom, I've kind of always been that way. But um, <laughs> that was one of the primary arguments of Roe v. Wade, is a woman just cannot possibly do the thing she wants to do and be pregnant. And um, we, of course, know that that's not true. And the, the pro-life side is saying, we are empowering you. You are strong. You are resilient. You, you are smart. You are capable. You can do this. And therefore, that argument for Roe v. Wade just doesn't stand. Um, and then the other was, you viability. know, li- viability. If it's not, you know, if, if this is going to be a child with a disability or if it's, you know, this maybe, maybe won't go to term, we don't have the ability to support this child outside of the womb, or we don't have the ability, if they have a disability, we, we don't necessarily think that they should be born. And I hate to say it that way, but those were some of the arguments in the Roe v. Wade case. And so we now know, number one, I literally just received a text message from a friend that um, her friend's baby was born at 24 weeks. Wow. I've heard of babies as, you know, even a a week or two earlier than wow. that, and 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 surviving. We now have the medical yeah. capability right. to keep these children even at you know half half a full term, um, twenty to twenty five to thirty weeks, and and so that again no longer no longer a concern when it was back in Roe v Wade. Yep. And then of course this idea that well we need to be able to have right to abortion because if a child has a disability then, you know, we should probably allow them to terminate that, that pregnancy. And I, I, I don't hardly know a human alive mm-hmm. at this point, at least in my circle, that would say that that is a, a case for a blanket statement mm-hmm. of this is an acceptable practice, right? And so those are some of the foundational arguments that helped Roe v. Wade come into being, yeah. right? That, that helped sway that decision. And so now with um, all that's happening and all of that, there, there's a challenge to Roe v. Wade saying that there should not be a blanket, um, I guess, law or, or ruling here. A that federal law. Yes, that, that it should be illegal right. across the nation, that really the state should be in charge of that. And so there are already states like Mississippi, 
like Texas with their heartbeat law yeah, and the Florida state you Utah, Florida, that are saying that no, this is this is where we draw the line. Abortion is illegal past the time that you can see the heartbeat. Abortion is illegal past 15 weeks or 20 weeks or whatever that might be. So those kinds of laws are being proposed and passed across the nation. Now, in our state, I, I don't want to speak to, there are several legislatures who are very strong pro-life legislators that um, I could definitely we could connect them to that would know a lot more about what's happening on the Wyoming landscape as far as this is concerned. I do know that there many states have what are, are, are implementing what's called a trigger law, which basically says if Roe v. Wade is overturned later this year, then abortion will become legal, illegal in our state. There are many states that are doing that right now that it, it'll automatically happen. And I believe Wyoming is one of those. And now people have, I think, brought up, I've, I've heard you talk about that. They say, well, you know, if, if Roe v. Wade is overturned or whatever, then why, you know, is true care still needed in our community? How would you respond to that? Yeah, more than ever. Really more than ever because, you know, in, in Wyoming, we don't, um, there's, there's, there's not a lot of opportunity for women to seek abortions. There's, I mean, they, they have to go to a lot of times another state to, to get that done. So, but that, that means that any of those women who would possibly be seeking or desiring or just are concerned about the inability to have one in our state would be seeking that assistance, those resources, confirmation of pregnancy, all of those things that we're able to do. You know, there are three things we want women to know when they come to True Care. Number one, am I truly pregnant? Mm. And we do that through a medical grade pregnancy test and then also an ultrasound. How far along am I? Mm -hmm. And then do I have any STDs? Because mm. those, those two things, how far along they wow. are and the, and the diseases they might have, can affect their ability to carry to term, you know, any of those health, a lot of health risks for baby. And if they sadly choose to, to terminate and have an abortion, those things can affect it as well, how far along they are and those things. So we want, women need to be empowered with that information. Um, and, and so if, if abortion is illegal in Wyoming, they're still going to need to be seeking or be, they will desire that information, that assistance, those resources. And so pregnancy resource centers become more important than ever before mm -hmm. in states like Wyoming. Well, that walking alongside, right? They still, exactly. we're still going to need people still to walk alongside. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So in terms of practical ways people can get involved, I know that a lot of what you do is protected and, you know, sort of on the medical side of things. Right, so you yeah. can't just have a group of 30 people show no. up and say, hey, we're, we're here to help. <laughs> what can we really. do, right? <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of privacy issues involved. But you know, my heart is always to mobilize people to serve, to use their gifts, to support the work of our partners. So what are some ways that you think simple ways that people can get involved if they're if they're interested in being a part of this? Well, I think there, there are probably three different types of involvement that folks can have. If they are seeking a very strong, long-term commitment as a volunteer, we do have opportunity to become a baby and me or fatherhood and 15 advocate, which means they would come and be trained, and they would be one of those people to follow wow. an, a, a mama a or a yes, along through through their pregnancy training and teaching them through those programs. Mm -hmm. So they would learn how to teach the program, and then they would take on usually one or two or three of our clients to really walk with them through that educational piece and beyond. Really, they form those relationships that's beyond. Awesome. And you guys have like a training for we that. We do, yeah. yeah. And that's a pretty long term. We do. I mean, they go through. 
They, they, everyone comes to a vision tour first. We want them to see what's going on there at the, at the center. They have to go through, you know, volunteer orientation, background checks, specific training, depending on. We also have opportunity for volunteer advocates who go through the um, the appointment with the vol- with, with the, the the patient. It's a little different than the. The, tr- the educational training that's long term, um, we have opportunity for folks to come and actually make phone calls. The follow our follow up specialists who make phone calls; those are volunteers as well. Again, we ask for that long term commitment because we want to. If we train them and they are connected in with these women, we want them to follow through with these women. So we ask them to at least volunteer for a year to commit to us a year at least. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty deep, heavy level volunteer mm-hmm. involvement. But there's also a secondary level that would involve simple things like coming and helping us to organize our supply closet where we have all these wonderful donations of blankets and um, diapers and wipes and clothing. People are just so generous to True Care. It's amazing um, what has been g- given in this community. And we put together, and then they can help us put together our layettes, our 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 bags that have the diapers and that those things for our mamas that have their babies, we give them this whole gigantic bag of, of items for them. So they can come and help with things like that, or even just folding and putting on mailing level labels to our mailings. There's all kinds of those that, that don't require the deep level training and, you know, long-term commitment, but still the more hands, the better, really, just being able to, you know, many hands make light work, sure. right? And just seeing that investment and helping them to invest in what's happening at True Care on any kind of level. Well, and you guys do the Walk for Life as well and of in course, June coming Yes, out. and yeah. so so then involvement in any of our events would, I guess, be a fourth. I hadn't even, um, you know, we've got our Walk for Life in June where they can come and walk and, and have people sponsor them to really you know, help to, to raise some funds for the organization, but just as much as that, it's, it's advocacy. Cause every time you approach someone and yep. say, Hey, will you sponsor me? It's helping them to understand the importance of, in the work and ministry of true care. And so there's that we have a dessert event in September. We need table hosts who will invite people to come and hear about what's going on with true care. We have vision tours. We ask people to invite their friends to our monthly vision tour to just walk around and, and get at that patient point of view. Of and what's I would going add on, on that. I mean, that was so powerful for me when I went through it. And Good. I would just encourage if anyone's listening and you haven't done a vision tour, um, call or get on the website and, and go on the next one because it's so powerful to walk through and the way that you guys do it really I mean <laughs> that's the closest I could possibly ever get to understanding what a young woman would be going through with those questions because I'm going from room to room and here's where we're going to talk about this and here's the ultrasound like just being in that space I think did so much for me to to get a sense of the gravity the weight the questions, the fear, maybe that might be coming up, the excitement, all of that mixed together. Um, so yeah, thank you for helping me come the closest that I could to imagine <laughs> to what, a pregnant woman. Yeah, to what <laughs> that might exactly feel like. So, um, yeah, so those are every month. So if you can't make it this month, it's next month. It's always just an hour right after work, yeah. you know, to, or after work hours. Just come for one hour, and then we release you and let you go. But just really to understand and, and to, you know, kind of we want we want our community to take ownership of what's happening at True Care, yeah. that this is a ministry of, of our community taking care of its own. Mm-hmm. 
right? Um, and and so that's that's the first and best way we know of to be for the folks to be involved in the vision tours, the walk for life, the those things. And then of course um, the the biggest one, the one that we tell everyone and ask everyone to be part of is to be praying mm. for true care. Um, it is a real thing that when you get involved in the pro-life movement mm. that Satan wants to just take control and there's spiritual warfare there. And so spiritual warfare for these mamas and their families, but also spiritual warfare going on for our, our own staff members and our volunteers. Um, you know, I, I came on board. I was literally on the job two weeks, and my family became sick for four weeks straight. Wow. And we all said, okay, well, we're just going to recognize it for exactly what it is. You know, my kids got perfect attendance for many years at school, and then all of a sudden I get this job, and we have four weeks of sickness in my house, and that's no, I don't believe in coincidence, right? Um, and so all of our staff members are constantly, Constantly, we're we're being we're prayed up, and we we pray every day before our clients come. We take that time together as a group to pray for each other, our families, the ministry of True Care, and the women that are coming to see us. But also just to have a, a layer of prayer all over our city. I send every Thursday. I send a prayer request um, list, just letting folks know what what things we are asking them to pray for. If anyone would like to be part of yeah. that, we can send to sure. them. How do they? Do, how do they? Get um, they can just email me, Jessica okay. at TrueCareCasper.org. Yeah. Um, they can all. I think they can go onto our our website. TC stands for True Care. Mm-hmm. TC Giving. Dot org, and okay. they can also reach us nice. through that. Okay. Um, but I send that out every Thursday asking folks for very specific prayer, you know, like saying, hey, Jessica's family <laughs> was in the hospital. Could you please pray for this? Or we, we had a client who came in and, and she asked us for prayer for this, okay. you know, and so we... we we always are sending those out and really just that covering of prayer. And that's something we ask anyone and everyone to do for us, just cover our city with prayer. And I think the, the, the biggest prayer that any of us have is that, that these women would find their, their way to our doors, Mm. that God would help them find the website, the Facebook page, the Instagram, Mm. our sign, whatever it might be that God would lead them to our doors so that we can care for them so that we can be the hands and feet of Christ to them. You know, how will they know if they're not told? Right. And and so um, that that right now has just been a huge focus of mine in my prayer life is just, you know, just bring them, Lord. Mm. Just bring them, bring them to us so that so that we can be, you know, we can minister and, and care for them. Yeah. Well speaking of, can we pray now? Can we yes, pray for you absolutely. and pray for yes. true care? And those listening, would you join us as we take Jessica up on that? encouragement to pray and uh, for the ministry of true care, but also for the women in our community that are in that vulnerable spot. Yes, absolutely. Well, Lord Jesus, you are the author of life and we thank you because you've not only created us, but you've given us the stewardship of the relationships, the lives in our community. And we want to be a voice for the voiceless, particularly in this case for the unborn, but also for moms that find themselves in very difficult and scary and unexpected situations. Thank you for the ministry of True Care and the way that they come alongside, just as you come alongside us by your spirit. May True Care be that, and across our city, and may churches and others come together and truly be a net of support for those most vulnerable, most at risk, and contemplating options that might not be healthy for them or for others. And so we pray for 
options and encouragement and inspiration and resources and people to come alongside. So for those listening, God, may we all be hands and feet on that consistent ethic of life and serve and love and learn to see each person as unique and created in your image. And we thank you for Jessica. We pray as she steps into this role that you would empower her, fill her with your spirit, with grace, wisdom, and understanding, strength, perseverance. Pray for Terry in this time of transition. For the ministry, for all of us here in Casper, that together we would see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, Jessica, we're so grateful that you spent this time with us, sharing your heart, sharing your passion. Love it. And look forward to what's ahead for you in True Care. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity just to, to share and to chat. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Our goal is to get you moving on mission. Go to hpcc.church missions and sign up for our weekly service updates in Casper and beyond or follow us on our missions page on Facebook at HPCC Missions. See you next time.